Welcome to the Couch Olympians podcast. I'm your host, Harry, and every episode I'll be joined by a new guest to talk about Olympics of the past while looking forward to Tokyo 2021. This is Couch Olympians. to another edition of the Couch Olympians podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Apologies for the delay in the podcast this week. We had some minor issues with guests, but we are back. Um, thank you so much again for all the feedback. Um, this is going to be a very interesting episode, so we don't actually have a guest. So I put up a poll um, on the Couch Olympians podcast Instagram last week, and we are going to go through some of your opinions and some of your Olympic takes that I was looking for hot takes and I def- definitely got some so hopefully we can um, <laughs> maybe go viral at one of these takes but um, so firstly though as every week we're going to start off with the news uh, so firstly the IOC confirmed that no fans will be going from overseas countries uh, I reported last week that it was in, on the table and it looked like it was going to go through but it was now confirmed again I fully agree with the decision I think it's the right decision I uh, spoke it on a little bit on it on Twitter at TS Harry K um, and I think it's it, it's smart, it's the way forward secondly um, the Chinese government has offered to vaccinate all Olympians before the Olympics starts Um and the IOC confirmed that they were in talks with China to, you know, move forward with this. And obviously there's been some ethical kickback here um, about, you know, do they deserve the vaccine or do they, you know, earn the, earn have earned their position in the line almost. And uh, the IOC came out with the proposal that it was like for every vac- athlete, for every athlete they vaccinate, they're going to vaccinate two citizens of their home country. So if they vaccinate, you know, um, an Irish athlete going to to the Olympics, um, they'll vaccinate two Irish people back home. So, you know, maybe there's something to be there. I I personally don't see any issue with it, um, but I understand why people could be a little bit upset about that almost. But speaking on that, there was a little bit of news... um, you know, from Irish perspective, because some Irish Olympic hopefuls actually caught COVID and are isolating after the European Indoor Championships. And it got me thinking about how, you know, COVID could really screw up how their preparations are, you know, their training regime, um, you know, if they can't even go to the gym or if they can't even, you know, but even the side effects of COVID or the symptoms of COVID, you know, we saw some big name athletes come back from a COVID outbreak and just not perform. You know, Pogba spoke about how he um, couldn't even breathe properly when he was on the pitch and how he really struggled to come back two or three months after COVID. Uh, in the NFL, we saw teams had COVID outbreaks really struggle the week back and players seem just a little bit sluggish. And when you're playing at such a high level, you know, that 1% or 2% difference in performance is massive. Uh, and if you're training for the Olympics and you're trying to peak for the Olympics, which is only, what, three months away, three or four months away, 
you're, you really need to try and squeeze every bit of output you possibly can and ensuring that you're training to the highest level and your diet's right and your body's right. So catching COVID is such a big deal. Um, and it comes kind of comes back to that vaccine point and maybe these athletes should be vaccinated. You know, there's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, how many Irish athletes are going to the Olympics? I mean, it's less than, it's probably going to be around, you know, 30. You know, I think we can spare 30 vaccines. I know obviously it's a very harsh thing to say with the current climate, but you know, if they're confirmed for the Olympics, you know, get them vaccinated is what it would be my opinion. Um, and then, you know, we saw some good news coming out of Irish Olympians as well. You got Jack Woolley, who uh, qualified in Taekwondo and is very outspoken about how he's coming for that gold medal. Um, so best of luck to him. You know, it's a fascinating sport, very competitive. And we know in the fight game, anything can happen. Uh, I listened to a podcast there, um, the Shit Hot podcast. Uh, Sam and Greg, two friends of mine, and they um, they interviewed uh, Ian Gary, uh, who is a Cage Warriors fighter who's rising up the ranks. And you know, he just spoke about how confident he is in himself and how he believes 100% that he's going to be the best. And I feel like you need to have that edge in the fight game almost. Um, so, yeah, no, that's very positive and wish him best of luck. I'll be cheering him on. Um, I hope to have a guest on to talk about the combat sports because it's very interesting and there's some really cool links between the UFC and combat sports. So hopefully we can get some breakdown on that. And then in less more political news about the Olympics, we had uh, Hiroshia Sa- Sasaki's comments, um, very sexist comment over a female en- entertainer who he called a pig and obviously he lost his job. Um, rightfully so and he was meant to be running the ceremonies the opening and closing ceremonies hopefully they get that sorted but then again I always thought the opening and closing ceremonies were I never look forward to them per se um, London 2012 was very very good uh, I don't think there's any debating that they kind of went all in on it but then again we're so close to it here in Ireland that it would make more impact on me you know with like some Mr Bean being involved you know, some somebody watching from China or Russia would be like, "Who the hell is that?" But like, we're like, "Oh, it's Mr. Bean." That's basically the news wrap up. The big news being obviously no spectators and you know Irish Irish qualifying, and other news as well about the Irish women's hockey team as well had a, had a great series against the UK, and so they're looking to build towards the Olympics, which is I think you know they could really shock some people and hopefully bring home a medal. So best of luck to them. And now let's get into the meat of this podcast, the hot takes, the fans' opinions. There's some really good ones that came through on the Instagram. So I did some research on each of them and kind of came up with for or against. And yeah, let me know what you think. So I'm going to be posting a few polls on Instagram to see what people think. So without further ado, the first one is one that came from multiple people and there was varying opinions on it. So the general idea is about doping and obviously it kind of is the main thing about the Olympics, especially with the Russians kind of being so public with Icarus. Uh, Sean spoke about it in our first podcast on London 2012, but I think doping is the number one story. I think it needs to be handled with care, but there's a few good opinions around it. The first one is that people are oblivious to how many people dope in all sports, not just the Olympics. And I do think that is vastly underrated by many people. 
I wouldn't be shocked if every single athlete that you know is doping in some sort of form. Whether it's minor level doping or it's high level integrated, you know, very well planned out doping processes. In sports like cycling especially, you know, the Team Sky scandal about how, oh yeah, the head of the Ir- or British Cycling Federation just got loads of testosterone delivered to the offices. Like, that's not suspicious. And he just said, oh, he was delivered here by accident. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And then people are just kind of like, that sport is rampant, but that sport's a big part of the Olympics, you know what I mean? I feel like it's underestimated how many athletes dope. I wouldn't like soccer players, recovery so important. You know, they play at such a high level two or three times a week sometimes. They are protected and, you know, NFL athletes, college athletes in America. Oh, my God. I like, oh, some guy grew five inches and put on 60 pounds in college. Oh, I wonder what he was doing there. And I do agree with this opinion to a certain extent that, you know, everyone is doping in some sort of form. And I'd say it's more often than not. But again, I'd be of the proponent innocent until proven guilty. And then this opinion kind of led on to another one uh, of that athletes should be allowed to dope. And I looked up a poll. Uh, Rotners did, did an opinion poll. 6% of the population agree with this opinion that athletes should be allowed to dope. And then when asked what countries are the most likely to dope, Russia, China, USA are the top three, which are probably fair because of the importance they place on the Olympics and the resources they have. And then Russia, obviously, it's already been proven uh, that they had a government-run doping scheme. But here's where I come down on it. I feel like doping does diminish a sport. If it, if it was to be allowed 100% and everyone was just told, dope, 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 you'd get an unfair level of advantage. Like the Americans, the Russians, the Chinese would dominate like because they'd have the more most money they'd have the most it would just become the russia china america show uh in some sorts of in, it already is to a certain extent but it would really ramp up so that's why there'd be an argument against it. also you got to look after the safety of these athletes especially with countries with the lesser resources you know how damaging are these steroids or are these doping measures to their long-term health you see a lot of the wwe wrestlers from the 80s um pass away you know because they're the steroids that they were using were just absolutely ripping their body apart so you know there's that element of as well that you don't want to be encouraging athletes to dope because at the end of the day they are just human beings so i would be against that hot tape that athletes should be allowed to dope although i do agree like watching guys run like 100 meters in like six seconds would be incredible so maybe we can have like a sub olympics where it's like just dope one guy and let him see what happens anyway but no i don't think athletes should be allowed dope but i do understand the tarnish and the stigma around olympics which is well earned a well-earned stigma around the olympics as a doping sport doping organization but my aunt my my debate on that topic would be that athletes should not be allowed dope secondly a sport being in the olympics makes people care i agree with this one 100 so Especially in the Winter Olympics, like nobody's tuning in for luge, nobody's tuning in for skeleton World Cups without the Olympic prestige that goes with it. So you know people care about those sort of sports. In the Summer Olympics, if you have a country, if you have one athlete that's going to do really well in a sport, you're automatically all in on that sport. You know we we have 
in Ireland we're blessed with great boxers and great rowers and like those are the sports that people watch rowing and boxing because we are good at it you know if we had a really really good tennis player or if, you're not even that's a bad example if we had a really 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 good table tennis player you know people would tune in for the table tennis and we would support the table tennis so I do feel that a sport being in the Olympics makes people care but a national athlete competing for a gold medal in a sport makes people care even more and I feel like that's the more evolved take so uh, yes another one that I agree with 100% the third opinion is that esports should be in the Olympics this is a really tough one and I think there's a lot of external factors that go into it so I'm going to go for and against on this one for the Olympics has a really bad ratings problem the average age of their viewers is increasingly rising year on year and the average but that's a trend across all sport and it's a, it's it's an interesting marketing question that people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter so they're more tailored to clips while like so Instead of watching an 80-minute game, they'll rather watch the four-minute highlight video on YouTube. And the Olympics have been a little bit against this model, per se. You know, they don't allow any gifts, and they ver- they very much limit how much content can be put out there for streaming. And because of the agreements they have with cable companies and all the money that goes associated with that. But younger demographics do not have cable. So they've really tried to get the sports younger you can see it with breakdancing coming in in paris you can see it with karate is a cool young sport skateboarding surfing sports that are vi- can go viral very easily and are popular online so this is where esports comes in the average age of an esports viewer is 26 it's getting younger and younger it's huge online no cable company touches it it's all via, via twitch it's all via instagram it's all via youtube so it's very accessible and it's growing and growing and growing all across the world. The only sport that the average viewer age has decreased, or any major sport where the average viewer age has decreased in the last decade, is women's tennis. You can see how sports has a problem, and esports is kind of taking over that those young eyes. So that's the four, because you really need Olympics care about money, and esports is money. There is a big opportunity there, and also there's a big problem there, because... They probably want the money, but they, I don't think they want the associated risks with putting esports in the Olympics. Here's where it comes against. I don't think the IOC have come out and said, actually, they don't want violent games in the Olympics. The likes of CSGO, even League, uh, or you know Call of Duty, Fortnite, they are, you know in theory, you know, shooting games and violent games. I don't think they want that association. Secondly, League of Legends is the most popular esport in the world. It's a very, very complicated game. You can't just sit there and watch a game of League of Legends and understand what's going on and understand what's going to happen and why people are making certain moves. You sit back and you watch badminton, you can explain it in 30 seconds. You sit back and you watch surfing, you can explain it. Okay, they got to ride the wave. They do. They get points for, you know, style and yet they get points for, you know, how long they can ride the wave for and like what kind of stuff they do or swimming the fastest person wins running the fast person wins oh yeah he got a point well esports and league is there's so much strategy involved there's so much theory involved there's so many different points that involve a high amount of hours to put in to understand so i feel like part of the olympics is just sitting back and watching and observing and learning whereas if you were to do that for esports 
it would get very, very complicated. And I think it would be a never-ending list of, here's why that guy made this move, or this guy made this move. There's not really one guide where you could put it in. And then you make, oh, well, you don't have to use League of Legends. Well, League of Legends is the number one sport. So if it was going to be any sport, it's going to be that. You know, Fortnite, again, is that Olympic sport. You know, it's it's a little bit easier to understand. But then again, is that what the Olympics is about? I don't know. And I, to be honest, I could see them turning towards it in the future because I only think, I think the esports community is going to get bigger. I think esports are going to get stronger. I think it's going to become a lot, lot more mainstream and it's going to really be a dominant force online and across all societies. So I do think it's only inevitable before that esports comes in, but they have to do it right. Secondly, they have a lot of IP problems. You know, they wouldn't have control over the game. They couldn't create the game. Like, they couldn't just make an Olympic game and be like, this is the esports game. It's the Olympic game. You know, they'd have to be in contact with Blizzard or, you know, League or World of Warcraft. I feel like there's complications there about the IOC having control and, you know, doing it in a way they want where it might not be possible. So, again... I think I'd be against it for now, but I understand the re- I could make the argument for either way. And I, I think it's inevitable that it will be part of the Olympics in, in the long term. Um, so that one I'm actually indifferent on. I think Hart says, no, it shouldn't be an Olympic sport. Head says it's going to be an Olympic sport and can be an Olympic sport. So there's the debate there. The next one is a little bit different and it involves Olympic shooting. So the... It's, they shoot at targets, and it's using rifles and uh, p- little pistol guns. And it's a very, like, interesting sport. It'd be definitely one of the smaller Olympic sports, um, and there's definitely a lot of scope for it to be bigger. Uh, and one of the ways that they can make it bigger is making it unisex, was one of the fan opinions. So he said shooting should be unisex. And I did some research on it, and the World St- World, oh, the Wall Street Journal said that it is 100% possible to have a unisex Olympic shooting competition and that there is no real difference in difficulty or you know or there's no advantage from any gender in that competition and I feel like a step like that would be huge towards promoting equality in sport promoting women's sports saying yeah hell yeah we have a women's champion here who beat men fair and square and I feel like that that should be included at any stage you know if you got like a men's versus women's golf tournament Men are naturally stronger, so they can hit it. Like it, 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 there is there is factors there that give men the advantage. But in shooting, it's all about your aim. So there are no external factors that give any gender an advantage. So I do think I agree with this one. They should be unisex because there is no difference. I'd be same with esports. Esports would be unisex, you know. So like it's they should push that, and I I, I do agree with that. Next one. Olympic golf should be like the Ryder Cup where they use teams. This is a very interesting one for me. And I feel like they could make a team element to the current situation or to the current format. It's just a matter of time where golf is still in its infancy as an Olympic sport. So there does need to be some time to mature, get all the information about who's watching it. Will Is it their long-term prospect? And then there's time to introduce an almost World Cup style where you have duos and do you do match play or do you do a strokes play format almost like the Zero Classic in America where it's just the combined lowest score of the two or do you do like 
Ireland versus Team GB, knockout, or Germany versus America, knockout. So I do think there is challenges there because obviously the how you qualify and who qualifies for yeah you probably just have to have two American teams and keep the same format, but it's naturally made to suit because it's two from every team with a maximum of four uh, if they're in the top ten or uh, fifteen. So I do think that I'd agree, but I do think again it's similar to esports. It just needs time. It needs time to mature as an Olympic sport. It needs time to get more people on board with golf in the Olympics. So I do think I would be supportive of it. But again, it's a long-term thing. The next one is a very interesting one. And initially when I first saw it, I was like, no, don't be ridiculous. That can't be an Olympic sport. And I was like, yeah, no way, no way, no way. And then I sort of came around to it a little bit. The take is Formula One should be an Olympic sport. There is, again, I did a for and against. So why can't Formula One be an Olympic sport? Money, rules, and cars. So the money in Formula One is huge. And the money that goes into making a Formula One car and running a Formula One operation is hundreds of millions of pounds. So the ability to just give up and go and just make a Formula One car and drive it is is almost impossible. And then again, the ability just to have a Formula One car given to an Olympic team or on the or to compete in the Olympics with you know maybe drivers that aren't associated with the person who made it is not going to happen because the people who made that car do not want to give away any information to their competitors. So, you know, somebody who drives for Ferrari, uh, let's say Carlos Sainz drives for Ferrari from Spain and the Spanish team is with him and Alonso, so they're using Renault's car or Alpine's car. They're, they're not going to just let Carlos Sainz jump into another competitor's car, or, you know, let, let, let the drivers use another, each other's cars because they'll just be like, go back to their team. They're like, this is what they're doing there. This is what they're doing there. This is how they use that. This is brilliant. So I do think there's challenges there. In terms of rules, obviously, each car is different. So, you know, they'll all look the same to a naked eye, um, especially a casual fan's eye. is like, oh, it's a Formula One car. But, you know, there's like small detail changes and rules and there's rules about copying other teams' cars. So I do think there's there... If they were to make an Olympic car, it would have to be almost from someone who's not involved in Formula One at all. And then the cars, yeah, what cars would they use is the big one here. But here's how it can be an Olympic sport. They just use like a Formula Two car or they use a very standardized version and it's a time trial format. It has to be a trial time format because they won't be able to put in a lot of money to develop 20 cars or how many they wanted to race. Let's say if they wanted to race have 10, 10, 10 racers or something. The ability to just create 10 cars is just so much money for the results that it would entail. They just maybe use F3 cars or they use F2 cars, which would be very interesting. But again, a lot of people underestimate a, car, a driver just doesn't get into a car and drive. You know, they need to have like, they need to develop the lesson, develop over time and learn lessons with the car. So I feel like that's a, a slow starter. But if you go back into the history, you know, there's, there was chariot racing in the ancient Olympics games and it was very popular. And it's a similar idea of like you build chariot and but again, times are changing. But the other rebuttal is that the Olympics is about individuals and, you know, individual brilliance and not relying on technology. But look at sports like equestrian, where they, the horse is so important in that sport. Like the horse is almost more important than the jockey. You know, show jumping especially. If you have a really, really, really good horse with a nice manner, you're going to be at an advantage over somebody else's horse. Uh, and then to a lower extent, golf, you know, 
I know they're all high-level golfers, but, you know, golfers with more equipment, more resources. Do they have better equipment or, you know, so it's it's all lower level, but obviously Formula One would be a huge step up in terms of the difference between the best car and the low car. So I feel like it has to be standardized and it'll have to be a time trial version. But I don't see, I, I don't see it. I, I don't, I really don't. But there is definitely a case for it to be included. I just don't see it for me. So I'm coming out against Formula One in the Olympics. I don't think, I don't think it should be in the Olympics. The next one is a very interesting point. There are too many swimming events. And he said, I listened to your, hey Harry, I listened to your earlier episode about Usain Bolt versus Michael Phelps and who was the better Olympian. I feel like anyone who says Phelps is completely wrong because of the ability that he had to compete in multiple events while Bolt was limited to the 100 meter, 200 meter and the relay. So there was only three opportunities for Bolt to win a medal and he won gold in every single one that he competed across three Olympics. So I do feel this is the answer to the debate that Bolt is a better Olympian than Phelps. I don't know where I come down on this one because the swimming events are very, very different. You know, you have short, you have the 50 meters, 100 meters, 200 meters, then you have relays for all of those, and then you have the backstroke, um, backstroke front crawl, butterfly, and breaststroke. There's four divisions. And you know, if Phelps was able to compete, obviously it's hugely or hugely impressive that he was able to do such thing. But then again, he had the opportunity to do so. My friend here who made this comment goes, he believed it was like, oh, now Bolt won the hundred meters. Now let's do the hundred meters backwards and see if he wins it again. And oh, let's do it where he has to hold his hands above his head. You know, so it's he. he I don't. I don't agree with it to that sort of extent. But I do think when you're doing the debate of who's the better Olympian, I feel like Bolt wins because he never lost in the debates, in the events that he was allowed to compete in. While Phelps was allowed to compete in so many more events and obviously he won so many and it's he's one of the best athletes of all time. But he he had way more opportunity just to compete. And I don't think there's too many swimming events, but I do think, I do see where my friend is coming from here. We spoke about it earlier, breakdancing in the Olympics. It shouldn't be in the Olympics for me. I think it's an art form. It's an incredibly impressive art form. It's a very cool art form. But as somebody said in a BBC article, it's a subjective art form. You know, people look at it and judge it based on what they think and their opinion. Obviously, there's criteria, there's there's checklists, there's the people who are judging are know exactly what they're talking about, but there are significant challenges there where somebody will disagree almost where about a winner or a medal where somebody a casual viewer will probably pick their own that they liked. Whereas in diving, which is somebody else, like so diving subjective, they do tricks, but yeah, but they stay the tricks they do. It's from a standardized list and they go and do it. Or, you know, in a race, who wins first? Or in tennis, who won, who who hits the ball in and past their opponent? Hockey, how many goals are scored? So I do feel like it's a little bit too subjective and that takes away from the Olympic element of it. But it's again similar to esports. They're putting it in to get younger eyes on the Olympics. They're putting it in to get it go viral on social media. They're putting it in to get more people involved at a younger age, get more people striving to do sports that are in the Olympics. So I do think that's the reason for it. And it makes perfect sense. But I don't think it as an Olympic sport. The last one for me is that poorer countries shouldn't be allowed to host the Olympics. And this is a very... Not, I wouldn't say controversial, but it's a very outspoken opinion of mine. And we saw how Rio, some of the stadiums that they used for the World Cup and then the Olympics are just barren and ghost. Um, and like Athens in 2004, the country went through one of the worst recessions in modern history from 2007 onwards. And just the money that is involved in hosting the Olympics is immense. And 
I do think that it's underrated how difficult it can be. And it's, I, I, I would agree with this opinion for all major sporting events, whether it's Rugby World Cups, Soccer World Cups, or, you know, the Olympics, Winter Olympics. I just think that if your country is not able to handle it financially and economically, you shouldn't be allowed to host it. Now, the upcoming Summer Olympics, Paris 2024, LA 2028, um, those are countries that are going to be able to handle it long term. Don't be too worried with them. Winter Olympics, you got you got Beijing controversially coming up, and then you have uh, Milan and Italy coming up after that in 2026. I think the LA Olympics will be incredible. Um, I just when I was in LA in 2018, you saw how much they are planning for it. You know, this is what's going to come. This is what's going to come. This is what's going to come. And I just think it's it's really really cool, and it's a very good city to host it because it's so big. You'd barely know that there is an Olympics on when you're there and you're in the city. So yeah, that kind of went off on a tangent a little bit there, but um, but yeah, let me know what you think of that one. Um, I kind of got a bit of blowback when I mentioned that before. But yeah, that's today's episode of the Couch Olympians podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to to learn more, Couch Olympians podcast is on Instagram. And I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have your opinion take, please send it to me. I'd love to hear it. I'm, I'm always looking to talk about it. I'm always one for a debate. So yeah, let me know. And thanks very much and see you next week.